Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are creating the new norm by sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who have followed their dreams and made them a reality. This podcast will inspire you with the stories of real business owners and give you actionable advice to start building whatever this means for you. I'm your host, Emily Aborn. Welcome back, Mike. Emily. How are you doing this lovely Monday morning? Fantastic. Um, did you have a nice weekend? Yeah, it was great. Went to the beach and got sunburnt and, you know, stayed in the water most of the day, seeing it was, what, 100 around here? It was a hot one, yeah, that is for sure. Great. I washed my dog and clean, scrubbed on my floors and... That sounds too, like too much labor for me. I don't know. Finished. I'm not done yet. Um, oh. Finished a website. And I also, do you want to know the best part of my weekend? I got 30 notebooks from Staples and they're like all different colors and it's amazing. Oh, Emily. I don't know what I'm going to do with them what, yet. What is wrong with you? <laughs> all right. So today we have some guests that I'm very excited about. We have Rebecca Hamilton. And she is a second-generation family owner and co-CEO of Badger Bomb. And we also have with us Danya Landis, her co-owner of Machina Arts in Keene, which we're going to learn all about in this podcast. So let me read um, Rebecca's bio, and we will get her introduced. Rebecca is, as I mentioned, a second-generation family owner and the co-CEO of Badger Bomb, which makes natural and organic personal care products. It's a well-known New Hampshire company with family-friendly benefits, and it's also a B Corp, heavily involved in the community and has numerous accolades, including landing a spot on Forbes Small Giants 2017, America's Best Small Companies list. As the co-founder and co-owner of Machina Arts, she is also going to tell us about how she creates unique events and brings them to life and what Machina is all about. So get this, she's also a fire performer, aerial artist, DJ, and Mai Tai connoisseur in her spare time, which I don't know how she has any. She's also passionate about wild harvesting ingredients for specialty cocktails, which is a key feature of the art bar. So I definitely need to hear more about these cocktails. Welcome, Rebecca, and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Emily. So I'd love to get started by just have. Oh, I. you know what I'd like to start with is a fun question. What um, music do you have in playing in your CD player? <laughs> oh, maybe people don't use CD players anymore. I do. Let's see. I was listening to Wax Taylor on the way over. Nice. I was hoping you would say Justin Bieber or something like that. I was that. hoping for some Led Zeppelin or something. But wow, old school, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So tell us a little bit about yourself, the Badger story, and how you folks got started. So Badger was started by my father back in 1995. Uh, he's a serial entrepreneur, but also was a carpenter at that time and focused on building healthy, non-toxic houses uh, during the late 80s, early 90s particularly for people who had allergies or sensitivities. And during that time, um, he had very cracked hands in the winter. And so he created the first Badger product as a product to heal the cracks in his hands. And that turned into a company because he's a serial entrepreneur and every idea would become a company. I think you would actually have an idea every, I don't know, every five minutes. Most of them would never become a company, but Badger was one that kind of stuck. 
And uh, so it started with that single product and it evolved from there. We now have about 100 employees. We manufacture pretty much all of our products in-house out in uh, rural New Hampshire and uh, we're distributed worldwide. I love it. I'm a big fan of the Badger products in the winter when my lips are chapped or my hands are cracked and sunscreen. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're mostly a sunscreen company now. Oh, interesting. And in August of last year, my sister and I took over as co-CEOs. My father officially retired and our mother actually works with us as well. What does your mother do? She is the COO. Love so it. she's involved in operations and community, and she's actually part of a lot of the things that um, help make Badger unique from a benefits perspective, like our child care center and babies at work. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. Well, I, I want to definitely get back to what it's like to work with your family, um, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about the employee culture that you guys are building, because I think that's what Badger is really doing well. Yeah, I think being a family business, we always thought about how to create a company that we enjoy working for. You know, when we're looking at the business, we're not looking at it from, I think, a an entrepreneur's standpoint where you build something up just to sell it and move on. We're looking at a business that could be around for multiple generations and, and what is the legacy we want to pass on to the next generation and how do we create a community and a business that's just enjoyable to go to every day. I mean, we're family owners who also work at the company every day. And so we've put a lot of effort into creating kind of an extended family feel in the business and trying to think of ways that we can uh, do things that just make it an enjoyable place to work at every day. Sounds fun. I think I want to work. There. Are you hiring? <laughs> Not at the moment. Um, but a lot of the things that we do, we, we originally just started doing them kind of as one-off things and then made a policy around it so it could be enduring. So we started doing lunches with just bringing soup in on Fridays. And that involved into a whole lunch program. Actually, when I was in high school, one of my first summer jobs was to cook lunch at Badger during the summer. Uh, for all the employees. And now we have a full-time chef and um, sous chef who are at Badger every day and we do full organic lunches for all the employees every day. Wow. What? That's, <laughs> that's amazing. That sounds incredible. It, it, it's, I, I'm totally spoiled by it. I mean, I don't know what I would do working at another company where I had to actually pack my lunch. You'd go very hungry. <laughs> I know I do. <laughs> um, okay, so tell us what it's like to work with your family. Well, it's really good right now. I think that it takes a lot of work to get to the point of being really good. For us as a family, we already had a really strong foundation of having a good, solid relationship. But no matter how good your relationship is, transitioning from a family dynamic that's a relationship at home to a workplace takes work. And so my mother, who's brilliant. When we first started working together as a family, she decided that we needed family leadership coaching. Uh, it's kind of somewhere between counseling and it Sounds coaching. like therapy. Yeah. But it was, it was based around how do you lead as a family and how do you take your home family dynamics and leave them at the door and have a professional relationship? Because what happens with a family is that you have such a tight relationship with your family that you can get really intense without noticing it 
and then just move right past it. But for all the rest of the people who work with you, right. it can be a roller coaster. And so we had to do a lot of work to figure out how to be professional together, how to leave the work at the door so we could still have a tight family relationship outside of work and not have the stresses of work impact that or the stresses of family impact work. And so we did about a year of that. And part of it was also looking at what are the different strengths we each bring to the business and acknowledging and recognizing that we each have different strengths. Uh, and so through that process, I think we were able to really come to a, a good place of working together. And now having the family to co-lead with means that you know tough decisions are made easier because you have a partnership and, and you're not on your own. So it's really become a valuable asset. It sounds amazing. Um, and I totally understand what you mean. Your family are like those people you, that you can get mad at a million times and then somehow they <laughs> right. still love you. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, okay. So what are some challenges that you feel, what are, what are some of the big challenges that you feel maybe you personally have had to face and how have you handled them? And you can just pick one if there's. Yeah. So, I mean, I came back to Badger, um, I, well, I went to college quite a bit later than usual. Um, I spent a lot of time traveling and doing different things. And then uh, I came to Badger directly gra after graduating college. And it was kind of a, a process of moving back to a town of 750 people where I was born, uh, starting a career that I would assume was going to be the career for the rest of my life, working at a family business, buying a house, and I'd also gotten married. So I did all of that in one year. Oh, my word. And so I think when I first came to Badger, it was there was a whole process to try and figure out how do you, in this day and age, when people just change everything all the time, how do you settle into the career that's going to be for the rest of your life? And Yeah, that's and, a lot of settling all at yeah, once. Yeah, it's a lot of settling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not much of a settling type person. I'm, I can tell. Of, I'm, I'm more of an a, a adventurer and go out into the world and do lots of things. And so the process for me was figuring out how to embrace what Badger was and, and my hometown and, and recognize that as a company, I had every opportunity that I would have if I had just been, I don't know, on my own, but through this amazing vehicle and, and that Badger had such an amazing reputation already that we could you know, use that to do everything I wanted to do in the world. So to be an activist, to um, be part of creating something that's uh, that's interesting. And I, and actually, um, you know, we'll we'll talk about uh, Machina later. But a big part of getting settled here and feeling good about living in in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> beautiful middle of nowhere, was to create Machina Arts. Um, so it, I think there was a lot of transformation that went on in those uh, early years of working at Badger and has helped shape um, the, my, my role at the company, but also my role in the community. I think we all here in New Hampshire understand the benefit, the pros and cons of going to the grocery store and having every single person know your name. But there are <laughs> I love huge, that. yeah, I was going to say there are huge pros because you're building this community that is supporting you and that is your launch pad. And, sure. and, I, and I should say that right now, I love living out here. Love it. And I, I love living in my little hometown. I love working at Badger. I love what we've created with Machina. 
I, I can't think of another place I'd rather live. New it Hampshire took a rocks. Lot of, it took a lot of work to get there just to, um, to figure out how to make it work. And, and a lot of it has to do with taking kind of responsibility for what you want to see happen in the community or in your business or, or in your life. Yeah, I love that. If you in, instead of complaining about something, you create something. And exactly. that's that's what I think an entrepreneur really is. So now is a perfect time to bring in Danya because I want to talk to you both about Machina Arts and what you're creating together. So I just want to read um, Danya's bio to introduce her. She graduated from Maine College of Art in 2011 with a bachelor's in fine arts and sculpture. She specialized in metalworking, installation art, performance art, and jewelry. And in 2013, she co-founded Machina Arts and in 2019, co-founded Machina Kitchen and Art Bar merging art, food, and community. She's actually been a welder for over a decade, and her work has been exhibited across the country. She teaches steel sculpture classes at the Carving Studio in Rutland, Vermont, and she serves on the Governor's Millennial Advisory Council. She was a founding member of TEDx and Keene and Keene First Friday Art Hop. She's passionate, organized, and has a deep understanding of the need for art in our community and excited to live, build, and create in Keene. So first, I would love to know, well, first, welcome. (laughs) Thank you, Emily. And I would love to know how you two met. Well, um, I think, let's see, I think I met Rebecca probably two hours when I arrived into the area. Um, So I I came, I was working with a woman, Wendy Klumper, in Brooklyn, New York, and living in Queens at the time. And... um, as you said, I'm a metal sculptor, so I was helping her create these big, huge, giant animals out of scrap steel. And she has a house in Nelson, New Hampshire. Um, her family has lived there for, I think, you know, over 100 years at this point. It's been generational. So she said, why don't you come and spend a week? And a very good friend of mine, I knew that he lived in the area, and it was his birthday. So I came a couple days early for his birthday. And um, the first hour I was here, I met my now husband, Walker. And the second hour I was here, I met Rebecca. It was a good trip. That is a productive hour. Um, <laughs> all right, so so now tell us the story of Machina Arts and how you two created that. Sure. So Rebecca and I um, became friends through some common interests, and one night we were having dinner, and both of us were talking, and we were saying, why is there no places to show art in the area that there's art and music and installation and events happening? Why are people not doing this here? We have so many artists and so many people who would be into doing something like this. And so both of us kind of um, within a two-hour period, we had decided we were going to do this ourselves. And so um, we came up with the name Machina, and we booked a venue right down the street from Rebecca, which is an old machine shop um, that has been made into a music venue. And we had probably about a half a dozen artists and musicians already on board and our friend flying from San Francisco to DJ, Um, so which was very exciting. Um, And we did it. How long did it take you from conception to launch? I think the first one was about three months, and um, I, was, I was wondering if you're going to say an hour. That's <laughs> yeah, that's well, what I was. Well, from conception to having it booked and planned was an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you, you told- there you go. <laughs> wow, I like that fast movers. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Don't move down south. That's my only recommendation for you. <laughs> 
Um, so how do you tell me a little bit more about like what you do there? Because I know you do some stuff with events and what kind of artists do you have? How often is it open? Things like that. Yeah. So our business has really transformed. Um, so if we're starting at the beginning, we kind of went from this very grassroots effort of a collective of people who are volunteering their time to come in and create these experimental um, installations and events. And so what we try to create is something that you leave the other world at the door and you come into something brand new. And so everything is a part of the art, including the people who are arriving there with their costumes. Um, we have installations that are themed for the event. The music is themed for the event. And even the entranceway um, gives you the opportunity to walk through a space that lets you leave everything behind. So we started doing these events. And, you know, as I said, we we did them first in um, near where Rebecca lives, which is a very rural area. And the area that we actually did it in was even more rural. And so we got about 150 people to come out and probably about 30 to volunteer. And that one really showed us that people really wanted to do this. Um, it kind of sounds like an urban thing, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> it does. does. You, it, you know, like something that would be in New York City or Boston or something like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. And people um, consistently, even now, um, say to us, oh, my God, we don't feel like we're in Keene right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So <laughs> that's awesome because it shows that you really are creating something where people create or leave that all at the door. Yes. Um, do you get to dance at these events is my question. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, it sounds so fun. <laughs> Definitely dancing. Um, costume wear, which people get very into and excited about. And actually, Rebecca is our uh, costume designer. She did, She does an excellent job with putting together really cool costumes. Well, well when Danya and I do events, we always have to dress the part as hosts. <clears throat> so so you know, tell it me- requires some... Excellent costumes. <laughs> okay, give me an example of an event and a costume because I'm dying to know. <laughs> well, the, the one that we've actually worn the most probably, uh, we were, so the business evolved from the events that we were doing with volunteers to uh, organizations and businesses hiring us to put on events for them, mostly nonprofits that were looking to do fundraising events. And it's actually an interesting niche because they want something that's creative and engaging. And when you have people come dressed up, when you have art, when you have interesting uh, themes, people tend to have more conversations and network better. And so uh, businesses and organizations realized that our type of event was actually something that was really good for them. So we did an event for the United Way, which was uh, the theme was superheroes of our community. And it was a thank you to all their donors and also a fundraising event. And so we dressed up as Wonder Women. And so we had created kind of our own unique costume. So it was a full length ball gown in a Wonder Woman style with crowns and gloves and the whole nine yards. You two are women of many talents. <laughs> yeah, we try. <laughs> No, that's no, sounds... we just can't focus on one we thing. Do. I think that's probably it. I think that's the entrepreneurial spirit. It's just always so like you, finding something new. Do you have new. sculpture up there too? Uh, do you, uh, uh, so my the thing about me doing sculpture is yeah. that I, I work so much and so hard on creating opportunities for other artists that that has really become my art form right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, have so, you ever been to the Andres Institute? I have. Yeah, I, I have, just yeah. went there a couple weekends ago. And, and, you know, it's funny. I live right up the street and... 
I, I've never been there. There's some. Re- Do you have a piece there? I don't. Have oh, a you piece should. There, but it's 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 a really cool. It's spot. incredible. I think yeah. once I uh, I think settled down enough for me to be able to get back to my work. But I love yeah. teaching. So teaching is really my time to be in the studio, even mm-hmm. though I'm not ne- necessarily actively making my own work. Yeah, I'm helping other people. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. So how do you find working together as friends? How was how is it as a partnership? I guess. I think it's the same as with family. You know, when you yeah. start out as good friends and you have a relationship, you have to figure out how to maintain a relationship and to be business partners. And so it's it's a balance. So what would you say each of your strengths is, I guess, in the business? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> and they're dancing around it. <laughs> well, the, the business has evolved quite a bit. I would say that to begin with, um, a lot of what I offer is... Um, I think if I had to pick a superpower that I would like to have and that I think I most have, it's uh, manifestation. And so I tend to be, um, I I come up with a lot of ideas uh, all the time. And uh, I am very visual in what I see as an idea for an event or things like that. And Danya is really good at creating. And so sometimes we swap places uh, and she might come up with an idea and I'll come up with a creation. But oftentimes because I also have another career and Danya is full-time with Machina Arts. Uh, I'll do more on kind of envisioning an idea and she's uh, more in kind of creating and actually making it tangible. Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. And then I'm, I'm also, um, I'm our arts director, so I'm our, our artist voice as well. So, you know, I get to work with the visual artists in that sense. Um, and we do have a third partner now. So the business has evolved from first doing our own events with volunteers to doing other people's events. And we actually started doing a little bit of interior design, art-based interior design. And then uh, we realized that we wanted to create an art space eventually to have a physical location. We were doing pop-up events. And we realized to have it be a uh, self-sustaining business, not make it a nonprofit where we were reliant on other people Uh, donating money that we needed to have an income source and that for an art space oftentimes if people are coming for events it's having a bar and in order to have a bar in New Hampshire you need a restaurant and so what we realized is that we needed a third partner who's a chef now around that time that we had this realization this amazing chef uh, community activist creative artistic person started hanging out at our events and how, per, how fitting. How fitting, yeah. And so this is Jordan <laughs> Scott, and he decided that he wanted to join our business and to be our third partner. And within a few months of him joining our business, somehow it just escalated. We got a food truck, and then we got a space, and then all of a sudden we had a restaurant and craft cocktail bar, and <laughs> it happened very quickly. I don't so know. basically you own all of Keene, New Hampshire now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was very, it was like a, b- between like a six month period, we went from, you know, just me working actively like on the floor alone to now we have around 25 employees. It must be great having the college right there too, though. I well, mean, we're actually, I mean, we do get college students, but primarily yeah. our our demographic is not college students. Really? My college That's students don't have any money. Don't you remember? Sure they do. They have parents, <laughs> we, don't they? Yeah, but we, we have a small plate farm to table organic. Oh, yeah. Um, restaurant that has a changing menu, like really high quality 
um, I wouldn't call it fancy, but it's creative and interesting. And, you know, it's, it's not um, kind of a, I don't know. It's it's a it's not a, a it's not a burger joint. It's not a burger joint. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we have a craft cocktail bar with you know really fresh ingredients and creative, interesting um, cocktails with wild harvested ingredients. Like it's. Is it's, it also a music venue? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. And we also have an art gallery. Play there? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean to speak to that, the college is where located in the downtown area of Keene. So we have a lot of activity during the period of time that students are there. Um, But the one thing about having a college town is that there's there's a lot of things that serve uh, the students, like in a lot of bars that serve the students, and there isn't a lot for young professionals. Or or any kind of just... Youthful-minded. Youth, yes, young and youthful-minded professionals. Um, so it's definitely, we. that was one thing that I think selfishly we also wanted for ourselves is like a space where we felt comfortable to yeah. hang out. Um, you know, in the state of New Hampshire, it's very difficult to keep young professionals in the area. So sure. our other goal is also to not like excommunicate the college students, but bring them into what we're doing and integrate them into that so that we can um, keep them yeah, in Keene. Because Keene's kind of an interesting location. You know what I mean? It's it's off the beaten track it is, for it really us is. because we live out this way. Yeah. Right, yeah, but even if it, you want to go to Boston. It's a Cheshire County, though. It is, yeah. They, yeah. Have, their, like they have their things. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Keene. It's, it's a cool, Me too. cool town. I actually went to Keene State for a hot second because, like you, I moved around a lot until I decided... Where to be. Is that your logo for your business on yes. your shirt? Yes. Yeah. That's very <laughs> I'm cool. Wearing it. That'd make a great tattoo. <laughs> we, we have uh, stamps. And so sometimes yeah. when we have events and we stamp people with Love it. it. It kind of looks like a tattoo. Brand everyone that walks in. Absolutely. Smart. Yeah. And I think what both Rebecca and I have seen over the past, I mean, we've been doing this since 2013, seen over the past years is that the arts in our area have been valued more economically. And what I think is really exciting to to see is that, you know, people are actually wanting to put money into projects relating to the arts and sure. wanting to do public art um, Well, they do projects. the music festival up there, too. At least they yep. used to every they, year. They still do yeah. the music festival. Yeah. Um, and there's more artists per capita than anywhere in the United States in the Monadnock region. Really? Wow, I did not know that. Huh. Yeah, and they're really, they're living in rural areas and they're traveling to places like Vermont and New York to sell their work and show their work. But we're starting to grow and build places that they can do in their own area. Great. Well, you two are powerhouses, so I'm sure you have a million ideas of what you're doing next. What else do you have in the works? What's like the next step, I guess? Well, we just opened Machina Kitchen and Art Bar in April, so it is a pretty new space. <laughs> no, but really, what's next? <laughs> um, which one on our list is next, Rebecca? Because we have quite the list of uh, things so we want to do. Personally, with Machina, with Badger... There's so many ways to answer that question. She's like a nap. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound nice. Um. So, so with Machina, what we're trying to do is kind of grow the business. So we are taking on uh, catering and things like that. And we're really building up the programming, building up. Danya has been working with uh, starting to book uh, musicians and thinking about the next artist because we have a rotating gallery in the space. Uh, and I think we'll 
reevaluate in a year or so, but we would love to expand and have other spaces in Keene with Machina. Yeah. And, and, and eventually to have an art space. That's kind of our, our one of the longer term dreams that we have is to have a larger venue art space. Machina Kitchen Art Bar is an amazing space. It's also very small in terms of the arts. Yeah, and we are still continuing to do events too. So people, just to clarify, companies can hire you to come in and do their events as yes. well. Okay, I love that. Great. Um, all right, so tell our audience how to find you online, both um, for Badger Bomb and Machina. Yeah, uh, Badger is uh, www.badgerbalm.com. It's uh, B-A-L-M. And Machina is www.machinaarts.org. And you should also follow Badger Bomb on Instagram. It's super fun. Yeah. You can follow Machina on Instagram and on Facebook as well. I did not know this yet. I'm yeah. going to get on that. Um, tell us how we can help you spread the word. I mean, this podcast is great. <laughs> You're doing it. <laughs> tell, tell people to come check us out. If they come to Keene, come I'm by gonna, the restaurant. I'm going to. It sounds fascinating. Um, it's yeah it's really a lovely spot we actually within a month of opening we had um we got the new hampshire best bar vibe award oh which was my pretty cool. word um so it is a interesting artsy place and of course the food is amazing and drinks are amazing and for badger i mean our, our products are all over the place so um you know give it a try Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you both have a lovely day. And thanks. You too, Mike. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> for more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.